Hey, all you intrepid architects out there. If you believe design can change the world, then you've found your humans here on this show, Architecting. My name is Angela Mazzi, and I'm an architect and career coach who's figured out how to live my passion while claiming a successful architecture career and lifestyle. This show is about the architect as a person and will help you bypass the status quo traps in our profession while teaching you how to make an impact in your career. We need to stand in our power as architects and use our skills to make great places. If you're with me, let's get architecting. Hello, Bright Lights. Angela here, and welcome to another episode of Architecting. I am so glad to have you here listening. And today's episode is based on a question from one of our listeners. Mitch writes in, when is it appropriate to be angry in the workplace? I encounter a lot of situations, especially with clients that make me really frustrated. How can I communicate better and hopefully avoid this frustration, but when it comes time for the rubber to meet the road, how do I make it clear that the behavior needs to stop? All right, well, this is a great question, and I'm sure many of you can relate. We all deal with a multitude of frustrations coming at us in all directions every day. The first thing that I'll say is anger is a normal emotion and anger is healthy. Anger can be incredibly motivating. Anger can be what gets you off the diamond, gets you moving to take decisive action. Anger can bring you a lot of clarity. So don't make yourself wrong for feeling anger. What we want to work on instead is not expressing that anger inappropriately. So if you need to go home and, you know, punch some pillows or scream at the top of your lungs, that's fine. But you never want to make anyone feel your wrath, so to speak. And that that can be a tough thing, right? Because we kind of want to default into parenting mode when someone makes us angry and use our anger as a form of discipline of them for doing what we believe is something wrong. But if you think about what it feels like to be on the receiving end of that anger, it doesn't feel very good. It's awkward. And uncomfortable. It makes you feel like you need to defend yourself, which can make a lot of people become even more entrenched in their behavior rather than work on changing it or being willing to course correct. If you've ever worked in an office with a boss or coworker who had a bad temper, you know just how bad that feels. Everyone is walking on eggshells, and it feels almost like an abusive situation, right? And unlike movies where when someone explodes in righteous anger and tells the perpetrator off, it really doesn't feel that good in the aftermath to have been the one who got angry. You can often feel kind of embarrassed about your outburst. You may 
have offended the person who made you angry, and that may have some really unfortunate repercussions down the line. Well, it is absolutely healthy and a positive thing to acknowledge anger. It is not good to just let your emotions fly. So the first thing that I would say when you are in a situation that makes you angry is you need to avoid an immediate emotional response. And that is tough because when we're angry, it's usually about something that's happening right then in the moment. We want to react to it. We want to set the record straight. We want to clear up any misunderstandings. We want to defend ourselves. We want to mark the boundaries around what is okay and what is not okay. What we need to think about is what it feels like to be on the other side of that. Anytime you make someone feel less than, you erode the trust between you. And when you erode trust, it makes any kind of relationship much more difficult. Now, it doesn't mean that what you experienced was okay behavior. Sometimes people renege on their responsibilities. They don't do what they said they would. They change their mind, but don't change deadlines. They put unreasonable expectations in place. They get angry or petty about things that frankly aren't very fair. These things have to be handled in the moment, absolutely. But they have to be handled from the point of view of what do we want the end result to be? If you never want to work with this person again and you want the end result to be you made them feel insignificant and stupid, well, have at it. If you really want to have a productive, healthy relationship with the person who's making you angry, that kind of treatment of them is not going to get you there. What I find fascinating about anger is it's part of the fight or flight response, meaning it gets triggered when we feel a threat to us, when we feel some kind of danger. In that sense, Anger is really just another manifestation of fear. So when you really look at what you're angry about, beneath the anger is some sort of fear. So you're angry because you weren't respected, because you feel secretly like no one believes in you. Or like they see all of your flaws and you feel like a fraud or an imposter. And that fear, that fear is actually at the root of your anger. And author Neil Donald Walsh actually summed it up pretty accurately when he said, there's two states of being, love or fear. And every moment we get to choose whether we are acting from a place of love or from a place of fear. And I want that to sink in for you because it's an incredibly powerful thought. Hate is not the opposite of love, nor is indifference, but fear. Fear is the ultimate state of pushing away, of 
putting up armor, of repelling, where love is expansive and draws people in. So when you feel anger, take a little bit of time to ask yourself what that anger is defending. It's usually defending a deep-seated vulnerability that we are terrified of having exposed. When you can acknowledge that, when you can acknowledge the little girl or the little boy inside of you who is so terrified of being exposed in that way, and you can send a little bit of love to that part of yourself, then maybe you don't need to be so angry. And maybe you don't need to fight back after all. Because remember, every time we fight something, we're putting all our energy and all of our focus on what we don't want. How powerful would we be if instead we could have a reaction of love and focus on the outcome we do want? Think about... What can make you feel closer to a boiling point than not? And there are a few big things that can make you more prone to anger and more prone to an emotional response rather than a much more measured, emotionally intelligent one. Biggest, biggest thing that can diminish your capacity to handle a situation without being angry or to at least manage your anger in the moment, is stress. When we feel stress, we are already under pressure to perform. We're already feeling like we don't have all the resources we need to do the thing we need to do. Whether that resource is time or goods or help or other kinds of opportunities. So you've already kind of run out of your patience. You've already felt pushed to the edge. Now all you need is anyone to breathe one word of criticism or change anything about the game plan and you are hair triggered to become extremely angry Why? Because you didn't feel like you were acknowledged for the heroics you had to do to get to the point where you are. You feel like your effort has been negated by backtracking or changes. Or that while it isn't perfect, no one is acknowledging the work that you did do and how much effort you put with so little resources to get there. Stress is an obvious anger trigger. So if you're going to a meeting, make sure that you take a little bit of time before the meeting starts to clear your head, to get into a very grounded place, and to think about what you're really hoping to take away in terms of decisions. So you can keep people directed towards what we need to accomplish in the meeting instead of having it go in other directions. 
also remember that you do not have to soldier on. If client isn't ready for the meeting, it's okay to point that out and to ask if the meeting should just simply be rescheduled. Going back to what was important about that meeting, nobody is meeting just because it's fun to all hang out together in a conference room. We're meeting to accomplish things. And if that isn't going to be able to happen, everyone should save their time and reschedule. Another huge trigger for anger is exhaustion. Studies have shown that when you are sleep deprived, the effect it has on brain function is actually a greater impairment than someone who is intoxicated. I want to let that sink in. We are the equivalent of drunk all day long when we are sleep deprived. And we know that when your brain function is impaired, the first thing that goes is the higher level functions that are about logic, social behavior, regulation of ideas, creativity. Those are the things that go away. What's left is the more base part of your brain, which is the emotional part. All of our fears are being triggered All of our anger in self-defense rises to the top. Hormones get elevated and we quickly lose control of the situation, saying things we really didn't mean that aren't productive and that we will regret later. So now that you understand a little bit about what is at the root of your anger and how stress and Exhaustion can fuel that anger as opposed to helping you be in control. What are some of the best ways to handle a situation that makes you angry? Number one is to always deal in facts. When you put the facts out there, even if it means you have to just jot down a few quick notes while you're in the meeting on the fly, it's okay. But writing down the facts reminds you of what is really going on instead of the story that you are now telling yourself. It helps to avoid making anyone wrong, casting blame, pointing fingers, and simply points out the common goals everyone had and how those goals are being changed by the current situation. That puts everyone in a frame of mind to say, is the outcome we're headed toward now that we've proposed steering in a new direction the place we really want to go? Or do we need to course correct and head back on our original route? I guarantee you this is incredibly effective in not only managing your own frustrations and your own fears and your own anger response, but it absolutely helps to diffuse anger being directed towards you because no one can argue with facts. 
No one can argue with simple cause and effect relationships, and it helps everyone to get back to a place where logic, reality, and problem solving are ruling the day, not emotions. So, Mitch, I hope that this response is helpful. Definitely. Send me a DM and let me know how this is helping you at work and with your problem client. We would love to hear it. I I used to think that everybody wanted to do great work and no client ever said, "I want a mediocre project." Not so sure now. I think there are some clients that really do want what's easy, not what's best, and. That can be tough to deal with, no doubt about it. But if I can inspire you at all to go just a little bit deeper, share a little more information, or ask just one question that unlocks that client's resistance, even on one issue, it's worth it. Know that you made a difference. Focus on that difference you make. What you do want, not what you don't. If you found what you heard here today helpful, tell some friends because I bet they would find it helpful too. Make sure to like us, subscribe, and leave a comment. It helps to build the community of architecting, and we all bring each other up. Share what you learned. Share your own experiences with anger in Instagram. Feel free to take a screenshot of the podcast show you're watching and post it on Instagram and tag me. Let me know how this information is helping you in your career to do your best work and be your best self. Take care for now. Stay inspired. Love you all. Thanks for being part of this episode of Architecting. If you enjoyed the show, join our community on Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn to keep up with what's in the show pipeline, including a behind-the-scenes look at my architecture lifestyle. Feel free to share your content ideas. Love to hear your feedback. You can also visit architectingpodcast.com to download free career content and learn about my classes, book, and coaching programs. Until next time, stay inspired. Mm-hmm.